0: Bear-naked. Bear-naked, Bear-naked. Bear-naked. ABC's Welcome to the Bear naked BBCs
1: where I repeat the same opening line every week telling you that we discuss every bear naked ladies song from seven to y and even though the bear naked ladies are us already covered this song we're gonna discuss it too.
2: Hasn't, yeah, I feel like, hasn't this been done before, Tracy?
1: <laughs> oh, it's all been done. It's been totally discussed before. And there's another b podcast out there, too, but I can't remember the name of their podcast. For, for...
3: It's, it's called <laughs> It's All Been Done. Oh, that's
1: right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Woo-hoo-hoo. <laughs> so coming back to join us, if you haven't already guessed, we have her here again this week, the one and only Alan McBride, the pop culture anthropologist.
2: Hey, Ellie. Thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Hi, Ali. And having joining us again this week, as every week at least as, as often as I can, I have Jeff and Aaron. Welcome, gentlemen.
2: Hello, hello. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Good and if to be here.
1: Up on our really dumb jokes that I love to throw. <laughs> there, this week we will be discussing. It's all been done. If you've never heard this song before, here is a quick snippet. I never-
2: Follow Rome, and I beg you to let me take you home.
4: You were wrong, I was right. You said goodbye, I said goodnight. Ooh, it's all been
1: done. So, this was often an opener for this tour, but Aaron, <laughs> which tour was it? Which album was this on?
2: So this is one of the small selection of BNL songs that I was actually aware of prior to going on this journey with you guys. Um, the sound is bright and upbeat. It's polished rock. I was thinking either Stunt or Maroon, but I definitely remember this song was a thing in the 90s, so it's got to be Stunt. You got it. <laughs> nice job, Aaron. Yeah, Sussed it out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this was the second single off this album. This was the band's highest charting song in Canada over one week. And that hit number one in Canada. It only hit number six here in the U.S. for some reason. Not quite sure why. I guess one week was still on the charts probably at that point or something. I don't know.
2: Plus, it had all been done before at that point. <laughs>
1: um, so this is a Steven song. Um, so, you know, we start the album off with an Ed song, followed up by a Steven song. Good, good way to kind of go here. This was one of the first couple songs, this one and I'll Be That go- Girl, that were written for Stunt, and, and Steve said this came out really easily, almost like he'd done this all before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, 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 was Jeff's thing saying that was a, <laughs> that was,
2: that's Statler and Waldorf on line one. <laughs>
5: Well I, I do remember um very specifically in the the liner notes for the greatest hits it this always kind of stuck out with me he he had said he had said he had been listening to Brian Wilson and said wow that chorus was really wordy there was so much thrown in there he wanted to do a song where it was basically woo hoo hoo <laughs> he
1: he accomplished it that's that's kind of it yeah. <laughs> um now you may Know this song. Some people were actually brought to this band and brought to this song not through the normal channels that we would think of, like hearing it on the radio, but actually through playing it on a video game because it was actually part of the soundtrack and the opening songs for the, the introduction songs for the 2002 NHL video game. And since 2008, the D. Detroit Red Wings have been playing this at their home games.
3: Is that the same NHL video game that Wizard of Magic Land is in? Or is that next year?
1: No, I think that was a little bit later. Wait a minute, did I mess up my weeks? Hold on. I had two facts this week, and I got, like, I had one job. (laughs) I got my one job mixed up between the two weeks. Hold on. Um, I sent myself two emails about this today.
5: No, it's it's weird that you mention that though, because I got into BNL because of Wizard being played on the <laughs> NHL game. That's that that oh, was uh, my that was my intro. That was BNL.
1: that was the fact. So I got to save under that for next week. Yes, I I wrote that down for the wrong week. I apologize. I
2: was gonna say like it's a great song, but it seems like an odd choice to open up a a hockey game with.
3: Yeah, hockey like a little too like. <laughs>
1: reference i was supposed to be was supposed to name was this was also the opening intro for a tv show that was on tv for only one season and and a really short season called
3: baby blues i actually knew that one
2: i've never heard of that mm. leave it to the cultural anthropologist here or the uh, pop culture anthropologist (laughs)
3: based on um a comic
1: it is yeah I'm trying to look up the name of the comic
3: off the top of my head, and of course, like... it's Baby Blues. I think I think what? it's Baby mm-hmm. Blues is the comic in the show.
5: And Allie, you are right. It was yeah. The the, the 2002 NHL was definitely Wizards.
2: I have definitely seen that comic before. That art style looks very familiar. I just googled yeah. it. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. And it was
1: it was very sh- yeah. shortly on TV, but yes, it was also called Baby Blues in the comic strips. Um, they changed it up. I think it still lasted longer than the B&L show, though. (laughs) That's true. Actually made it onto (laughs) TV. It was on the WB for, I think, eight episodes. It wins. Um, It had a great cast. By about eight episodes. So it had Julia Sweeney, Nicole Sullivan, Diedrich Botter, and Mike O'Malley. So, I mean, stellar cast. Unfortunately, it didn't stay on the air for very long. But a and l song as as the introductory song is amazing.
5: Right, because no, no other show has done that. Yeah, they have done that before. I believe there's a pretty big show with a p theme song.
1: They did that later, not before. But. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> You're listening to the Pedantic Hour. <laughs> now, if you recognize this song, we're going to be coming back to this, not this song, but a very similar sounding song a year from now, which was also used for a movie, which is One Little Slip
3: one little slip chicken little disney that's uh yeah no i was just
1: <laughs> we won't we won't go there no well and and the reason why and i'll i'll cut this up but i'll come back to it with one little slip is they came to L for one little for chicken little they're like we like this song it's all been done but it doesn't fit our our movie can you do something kind of like this song for our oh. movie? And so literally, Ed was like, okay, well, let's see. Um, I'll just keep exactly the same chord structure and almost exactly the same song and we're just going to put words to it that fit this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it was probably the the least amount of effort into a song they've ever done.
3: Well, and that's funny because Steve's, on, on this, it's a solo credit for him. yeah. So, and I don't think one little slips a solo credit.
1: It ought to be at least a Steve credit, if not at least a <laughs> combined credit, because it should not yeah. be fully Ed credit.
3: Um, I'm gonna look it up right now. Oh, there's it comes up first in the Disney Wiki. Uh, apparently, there's a Disney Wiki, and oh, that's
1: so, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but this <laughs> was played in the 2008, and since then in the in nhl for the detroit Red wings um at their games at their home arena
3: it's all been done or magical this song, this
1: song. i don't know why but it's true i did oh. have that one correct in my in my notes
5: if we're talking bnl on tv i also have a vague recollection of uh call and answer being in an episode of felicity but that's it
1: i could look that up just remind me
5: I'm pretty, yeah, if we're talking about appearances, I'm pretty sure Call and Answer was a, in a Felicity episode. I could
1: I could verify that, but I think if I do it right now, like, it's going to take me a little bit of time. <laughs> uh,
3: least, um, one week was in the beginning of um, 10 Things I Hate About You.
1: Was it? Yeah. Oh, oh. it's There's a lot of their music that has been used throughout, like, movies in bits and pieces here and there.
5: I gotta go back and check that out now because I love that movie.
3: Yeah, right at the beginning. That's like.
5: Yeah. And then it gets yeah. cut
3: off with, the, um, with Joan Jett.
5: Right, okay.
1: Now, the problem is that if you look online for Bare Naked Ladies and the soundtracks, you're not gonna find anything. You have to look them up separately as Kevin Hurd, right. Stephen Page, and Ed Robertson. Okay.
5: I, I did get confirmation, by the way. The uh, call and answer was in the Felicity senior year soundtrack, which, how I remember that, I don't. No, at all but that has stuck in my brain apparently
1: <laughs> what, what song are we talking about again <laughs> we're talking about it, it's all been done we keep getting we keep veering off the track but i'm going to bring us back like i do every week um there is another version of this there is the itunes original version of this um it's much louder on the keys and, and tyler's doing some different stuff on the drums but unlike the rest of the iTunes originals, there's no real backstory with this song at all. Like, they, they're talking about other stuff from their past, and they don't really get into this song and where it came from, which is a little disappointing.
3: So, I'm not sure, are, are you familiar with, well, he's, well, I guess you one of you, I forget which one was it, Aaron mentioned that he wrote it because he thought the chorus of Brian Wilson was too wordy. Yeah,
2: Jeff talked about that. Jeff.
3: Yeah, sorry. Um, and I I feel like he elaborated at one of the Live from Home shows about, you know, that he just felt like basically he had written everything. I mean, it's kind of almost like self explanatory. like you feel like it's <laughs> done. But I would have really liked to know, like, why he took that, like, the whole um, structure of the, you know, the past, present, future, like, with this particular song.
1: Yeah, the, the choices that he made with with the storytelling that aspect of it. Which we'll get
5: into with... I'm, I'm sure we'll get into that with lyrics, but there's some really interesting theories about this song. Yeah. <laughs> like, some of the theories about the song are really cool.
3: <laughs>
1: so, uh, before we do that, though, um, I do want to put in a quick clip right here because we got to this to talk including you Jeff um Aaron and Jeff and I got to talk to Andy a while back and in talking with Andy he did give us the answer to a question that everyone has always wondered about what Natasha his wife actually says in this song when she puts in her little clip. Um, I'm gonna put that in right here. Your wife actually was on one of the albums. Yes. So your wife said something in French on It's All Been Done. Um, and Steven says he doesn't know what she says. Do you know what she said?
6: Yes, I do. I remember. But <laughs> he's not saying. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. But this is the story. First of all, she gets more royalties for that than I, than I get from Vintage which is funny. But, uh, like he gets performance royalties for first talking to the phone, saying one thing. Anyway, um, <laughs> I remember Jim. We were in the studio. Jim called me up. We were in our Montreal apartment. He said, "Yeah, Andy, how's it going? Yeah, hey Jim, uh, can you pass the phone to Natasha?" I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <sure>. <laughs> <laughs> "Okay." And so she's like, uh, "Hello." <laughs> and So basically, they said, "Can you say something like uh, in French, uh, like something like your." you're tired of this or, you know, you're just kind of... So she tried different things. And the thing that she ended up saying is, je suis tani, or and, and said it quite fast, je And it's really hard to hear. Even, you know, we showed it to our kids. and was like, oh, I can't really hear that. It's not, <laughs> but it's uh, that's what she sang, je suis which means I'm basically, I'm tired of this or I'm fed up or I'm sick of it. Now, where in the song is that? Like you said, it's hard to hear. It's right after, the, I think, the bridge... Uh, when you up and say, and then there's a little moment there. If the same three chords, will you just yawn and say? Okay. In that, if you listen, I can't remember if it's on the rest, left to the right, but it's in there, and you can hear the sound of someone speaking on the phone.
5: So right, Right after will you just yawn and say, basically, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay,
6: And then, yeah. Je suis
1: tenny, which means... <laughs> I'm just fed up on my <laughs> When we come up on that song, I'm going to make sure I post that in right there yeah. so we can hear it. So is, just, is, is she Quebecois or does she just happen to
2: speak French? She's a, a
6: Francophone yeah. from New Brunswick. Okay. So uh, They don't consider themselves Quebecois. They consider themselves Acadian.
2: Acadian, that's correct, yeah.
6: So it's a you know, long history in the Maritimes where they had a colony in Nova Scotia, and then mm-hmm. there was something called the deportation that happened at one point. So there's a lot of sure. French people uh, in Massachusetts, even Maine, uh, down in course, and there's the connection with, with uh, the Acadian. And that's where yeah.
1: C- Cajun comes from, Acadian. Sure,
6: yeah. So it's all connected to the Francophones that lived in Nova Scotia.
1: I wanna talk a little bit about the music. I was gonna break down the music, but I mean, it's it's basics. Except for we have Steven on acoustic and electric guitars, and we have Ed also doubling up on acoustic and electric guitars in this song. Everyone else is playing their, their typical instruments for this song.
2: How appropriate.
1: Not a lot. <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> so not a lot to add with that. So Aaron, would you mind breaking this down for us?
2: All right, let's break it down. It's all been done.
1: Break it down.
2: Uh, was written in the key of D major. The album recording is somewhere between 131 and 132 beats per minute most of the time. Again, I love these songs which aren't recorded to a click track, um, because I really like the idea that you can express dynamics in terms of tempo as well as volume. Um, The introductory section is the same as the chorus section. Sorry, not the chorus, the verse, as far as the changes are concerned. So you have D to G to E minor 7 to A, and that repeats. That's the verse section. And then we have something that I'm going to go ahead and make a bold proclamation and call this a pre-chorus. Now, um, that's when they say, you were right, I was wrong, you said goodbye, I said goodnight. Uh, now, I can see the case for this just being the second half of the verse, especially since the, the lyrics do change. Um, but it feels so different and it feels so transitional. I'm going to go ahead and call this the pre-chorus section, which is D to A sharp to B minor back to D. And then finally you go from D to, down to G so you get the 5 1 or, or 1 5 I guess in this case um, to it's all been done where you have G, B minor, G, D, G, E minor, a. And the nice thing is that it bounces back and forth from the G back to, to different uh, chords, which I think is emblematic or maybe programmatic of what's going on here um, with the lyrics. So the structure is you have the intro, uh, which is the first changes. you have the verse one, you have the chorus. Oh, I forgot the, the bridge. Uh, the bridge is D to B minor to D to G to A to B minor. And uh, then he talks about the same three chords, which <laughs> so a lot of this song is like DGA. Uh, it, it is very classic, you know, kind of upbeat rock. Uh, but anyway, so you have the verse or intro uh, changes. Uh, then you have verse one, pre chorus, chorus. Verse two, pre chorus, chorus. Bridge, chorus go back from the bridge right into the chorus then you have a guitar solo over the verse changes which is your a changes verse three pre-chorus chorus chorus, and then another chorus and you're kind of the outro just kind of vamps on the chorus changes so we have i'm going to call this an a a b c a b c d c a b c c structure uh it's probably simplified quite a bit if you count what i'm counting as the pre-chorus is just part of the verse but i like that section so much I think it deserves to be counted as its own section. It's really my favorite part of the song. Uh,
5: I'd agree with you, though. I, I would call
2: it a pre-chorus. Yeah,
5: I definitely would.
2: Classify because it, it feels way. so. It's like okay, here we are. We're transitioning now into the chorus. That's what it feels like to me. And yeah, like it's my favorite part of the song. There are some lovely vocal harmonies throughout the song, and I really like the descending organ line on the chorus. Dee 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 dee. You know, uh, nice. that's re- it's really nice. I don't know. There's just mm-hmm. uh, a lot to like here. Um, We'll oh, add on to that the ooh-la-la's, which yeah. I think are fantastic <laughs> on Yeah, the
3: story.
2: Yeah. The uh, The music video has some interesting moments, like adjusting the EQ when the camera goes into the fishbowl to make it sound like it's underwater, which is kind of a bold <laughs> move because, you know, I, as an audiophile, it kind of made me cringe a little, <laughs> even though I liked the effect. It was like, oh, no, I, I want to hear the song properly. Talk. Oh, <laughs> we'll go there. We'll go there. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
1: for a second i think we all have thoughts about this video sure yeah mm-hmm. I, i'm gonna let our guests start off ali what are your thoughts on the video for this what is this
3: even like <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank you <laughs> well, thank you i yeah.
3: remember the first time i saw this video i had i got um the Bare laked naties the dvd of all their videos and it's all been done with like the first BNL song when I got into them, like that was like really into at like you know 13, 14. I love this song, and I'm watching the videos and I'm so excited. And I get to this video and I'm like, oh, what? That what? It just uh-huh. it, yes, that DVD right there. There, yeah, it's. And I know that they've said very publicly that they don't like it, and they it didn't. Work the way they
1: wanted it to. What? What was that? I said at least one of the members has come out and very publicly said that. Yeah,
3: it's not well, and it's on the Bear Naked in America documentary, and they're filming it. He says it there too. Um, But yeah, it's dogs don't see color. (laughs) And like, does the fish? Like, I watched it tonight like right before, you know, I got on here just so I could, you know, really refresh my memory. And I was like, is the fish walking? Like does someone throw the some fish in the, I was like, no, I,
5: Who, who's the POV on this, like, right? I was
3: like, what are you? And then the audio and it goes in and I'm like, the, the whole thing, it's just, yeah, it's the, the song deserves so much better. This had yes. such an opportunity to be, like, an amazing video. And then we got that.
1: And and Aaron, I, I agree with you that, like, it's an interesting effect and a good job, Band, with, like, recognizing, oh, we've gone underwater, we need to do an EQ change here. And why would you do that to your music that you work? on? <laughs> and, and then well, this, the public is going to see this, and <laughs> This is your public perception of your song. Is this? I, I think it's horrible. I think that, well, that <laughs> it sounds hor- It sounds like it's underwater. <laughs> it just sounds like it's underwater. Well, and it's not. Th- it's not the only
5: time they do that, though. They do it throughout
2: the whole video. Well, that, that that's my issue, Jeff. Is <sighs> if this had been a really quick, you dunk the camera in the in the bowl. And for, like, a, few, a couple of seconds, right, it sounds like it's underwater. And then it brings it back out, and it's rocking again, and it's got this full spectrum of, of the uh, audio uh, EQ spectrum. That would have been fine. But it persists, that, that effect persists for quite some time. And it, was, it got to the point where it was really annoying. It was really kind of bothering me, you know. And I, I know I'm an audiophile, but it's good for me to kind of be, uh, I feel, vindicated by all of your responses agreeing with me. It's a great song, and why, why do that? Why dunk the camera in water and have it sound underwater for a significant portion of the song? For a few seconds for an effect, sure. Okay, but it's overkill. Uh, and my biggest problem with this whole video, when the band first walks in, nobody pets the cat. They just walk right by.
1: <laughs> How cruel. <laughs> well, and I just, I mean, I'm going to have to agree with that he was disappointed with the filming of this video while it was being shot because he felt like it doesn't capture the feeling of the concept of the song. And I agree. Like I have, my major problem with it is I don't like songs in general or videos in general, whether it's like, let's just watch the band play. I I don't like that as a Mm -hmm. concept for a video to begin with, but the idea of doing it in this way in no way form actually brings out what the whole point of this song is it it doesn't accelerate or 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 uh heighten this song
3: yeah i i agree i'm the same way i hate videos that are just to the band playing on the flip side of this, my favorite BNL video is "Too Little Too Late," which is an entire story in a song. Yeah, and I love that video because it does that. Even though it doesn't really tell the story of the song, it tells a story. Um, but yeah, no, it's I.
5: Like, Falling for the First Time. I was going to say, Falling for the First Time has the the band playing, but it still works as a video. Well,
1: because there's a story behind it, yeah. and there's something that you're watching, and you're watching the story progress as it goes along, and it's interesting.
2: Not every music video has to be an OK Go event with a Rube <laughs> Goldberg machine or whatever. I don't know like, that. I enjoy those. I'm just saying, not every video has to be that. However, <laughs> having said that, you should try and do something interesting with it. I mean, otherwise, what's the point, right? You may as well just put up uh, a still image of the the album cover and play the song. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I think th- I think they did try and do something interesting, but I, I don't think it worked enough. Yeah, there. Like I said, there were interesting ideas. I mean, honestly, the cat go the cat the camera going into the cat and the dog and stuff, and like going into the fishbowl again. I liked that. I wish they had just. Not milk that so much, maybe. But there were some good ideas here, and there was interesting cinematography and stuff. And like I said, it's not a bad video, but it's just, well, I agree with, with what Trace said. It doesn't really add anything uh, to the song. and it, 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 At times, it's distracting, you know, from the, from the music. It's just well, it, the opposite of what you want.
1: Two different pets, and one of which is a goldfish, one of which is a bird. And you're, so you're going to do pets pet that's eyes are on the side of its head instead of straight ahead. And it's going to have a different vision of the world. then you need to do something interesting visually with that at that moment that that's going to make the audience go, oh, wow. And it, it just doesn't. It just keeps using the same exact effect. Yeah. Over and over again. They
3: all look exactly the same. There you go. That's the hidden meaning of it. It's all been done in the video before.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, dogs see in black and white, right? And cats see a few colors, but less than us. You could do like a split screen with the fish with one eye on the left and one on the right. We're already, we're just, we're just spitballing here. We've already come up with better ideas.
3: I, (laughs) like, seriously, I know it's been like 21 years. I will make a remake of that. Someone give me a budget. I have ideas. It I want to die here.
5: We'll 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 do a GoFundMe. I race. was just gonna
2: say that. Let's let's fund this because we'll, I want we'll this make to it happen.
5: happen. <laughs> we'll make a better video for this. Yes. One. I mean, um, but the one the one thing I would say is the like the, the, it's been said before. But the one thing that really bothers me about this is this is a fantastic song. This is such a great song with a great story. Why would you distort the song in your video? That that bothers me so much. And they don't just do it one time. They do it through the whole thing. The big explosion at the end. Why would you distort your song? I mean, I mean the music video should supplement the music and uh, that 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 has always bothered me about this
1: video. Well, and, and one of the ones they've already somewhat did as a theme in another video, alternative girlfriend, that they could have done here and done more more <laughs> really gone full on into it and and really been in over the top with it to make it humorous, but also, just kind of point out the obvious piece about this song, is doing pieces of past videos and doing the cliches of past videos to, like, an extended extent of, like... That would have been great, yeah. Yeah. Like, hello, like, you've got the name right there. Go with the obvious pun and really play on
3: it. That's actually, that's kind of like what they did with Thanks, That Was Fun.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: That I mean, that video. And... That, that would have been better. Yeah, I mean, that for a video that just uses video clips is really good. They did that really well. I mean, it's better than this video. It, poor
1: Doug Atkin. We are, like, really railing on this poor gentleman. I, <laughs> that was the director of this, of this video. Um, it just
3: I pointing. Could, Yeah really what it is and at the end I was watching it and at the end the bird just flies away and I'm like that's someone's pet bird that someone just knocked out of a cage that just flew into the night over Los Angeles like is (laughs) no one concerned about what's going on with that are we just someone threw a goldfish in the swimming pool like are these animals surviving
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a chlorinated pool. That thing is dead. And the cat still
2: has no pets.
1: So we're more,
5: if if we're more concerned about the welfare of the animals in your music video, you've messed up. (laughs) (laughs) I will say the, you done
1: wrong.
3: The (laughs) fishbowl reminds me of, um, there is a video with a fishbowl that's done really well. Um, Radiohead. Um, Tom York put his head in a fishbowl and actually had them fill water. Off.
2: Yes. No surprise.
3: Yeah. Until, and like was basically singing along as time raced on before. Yeah. That's a good fishbowl. And they did not change the audio on that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a decent fishbowl <laughs> one.
1: That's So I have to say, I w- I've been, while we've been talking about this, I've been looking up Doug, Doug Atkin, And I think that this was the studio and or producers making a bad choice on a videographer and and director for this. He has, from what I see on everything I'm looking here, has no other credits for videos um he's a video artist like he's an american video artist so all of his artist stuff that he does is video based but like you can tell that he's going to take this video and he's going to try to make it something interesting with the video piece of it and and try to make it very specific but it's not going to be a story so I, I i think that's the problem is they pick the nothing against this gentleman he's done some really interesting stuff but just not not video not in terms of doing music videos and i think they should have found someone that could do a interesting story of a music video
3: i also wonder like if they were to try to film this video now how improved it would be with just like CGI and technology. Like you could probably make the idea really cool now. Like if you really wanted to, it's still kind of a math <laughs> idea, but like for the song, but you probably could do a lot more with it and at least make it look somewhat impressive.
5: And here's somewhat impressive. What are Tracy's looks right now?
1: Aaron, I'm gonna blow your flipping mind. Okay. Oh boy. Um, I don't know if we talked about this before or during the show one of the things that Doug Atkin did for a large outdoor large-scale video installation project for his artwork was he deconstructed I only have eyes for you and created a 3d screen out of the circular facade of the museum
2: Wow that's pretty cool
1: no huh. is that cool that is just ironic because we were just talking yeah we were about-
2: just talking about that song. So sorry, I just,
1: and I was like, "Boom!"
2: That no, is, just, <laughs> is, that is, the whole world. is
1: well. So I,
2: again, we we had these kind of interesting ideas. I think you saw the seeds of something that could have been really interesting. And, and as far as you know, again, not every video has to be a story either, but it should it should be something I agree that enhances the music. Um, and this, tra- this was distracting
1: to your video i you know the one that really captures my mind i don't think it tells the story of the video and i don't think that it really um enhances the story of the video but no one will ever forget it is that tom petty one where alice and he's cutting the cake don't come around here no more yeah and like who is ever going to forget that no, one. right. Like, does it enhance the story somewhat, but no one is ever going to forget that song or that video?
5: Right. And, and going off of that, I, I don't myself. I mean, I, there's there's been videos out there that have nothing to do with the song, but I've enjoyed them artistically because you did you did hit on something. Um, uh, Pompeii by Bastille is is one that I really enjoy. It has nothing to do with the song itself, but I enjoy what they do. And they they, they enhance the video, I think, my personal opinion. But um, for a song like this one, where I do think the message is very deep and we'll get into the lyrics, but I do think the message and the idea is really deep um, and musically such a great song. It just really bothers me that they did make these choices. And, and, and one of the biggest ones is distorting the sound of your song. Um, yeah. it just I, I don't understand what the mentality behind that would be.
1: Well, and and this is the album where they were really focusing. You know, they really, they went to Susan Rogers to specifically have this song, this album, and song, uh, this album produced and engineered so that it would sell to American audiences. And to do this to that album, I don't see, or to do this to this song, I don't see how that that. Pushed forward your narrative of trying to sell to American audiences in a successful way.
3: Agreed. Yes. <laughs> it's an odd choice.
1: I yeah. Well, let's talk about. What, I, I pulled us away from that for the video. Do we have more to add about the music? I mean, this is really a a very typical '90s alt rock type sound. Um, there's no doubt about that. At least I think so. Um, but do we have more to talk about with the sound?
2: I mean, I think, yeah, I think that sums it up. It's, it's very classic. Oh, well, actually, I, I was going to wait to kind of say this in my wrap up, but I guess I could talk about it now. I'm going to say something here. And if I'm not careful and don't explain myself, I'm worried that this may come across as a negative. But I truly mean this in the most positive sense. Uh, it's all been done. Really reminds me of that thing you do. You guys, okay, you guys yeah, remember I, I, that I, flick with Tom Hanks and the one-hit wonder band that never existed? Ish, very Beatles-ish. Yeah, that, that That's
3: what you perceived as a bad thing. That's an amazing song. I love
2: that. Well, yeah, I love that song and I, I love that movie. But I just, I, 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 I worry that people, if I didn't explain myself, I'm known for being cynical sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I love that song. I love that movie. And it this reminds me of that in, in as much as, like, you know, that song was written for that movie. And even though it had not existed in the time period that the, the film was taking place in, it sounded so much like it should have been. It sounded familiar, even though it was the first time we were hearing it. And uh, yeah. this is kind of a similar experience, you know. I think this song has that same kind of energy. It's a classic, upbeat, fun rock song. It's unapologetic and it's executed masterfully. I have mentioned before in this podcast how uh, I sometimes think that there's beauty in simplicity. I think it's all been done is a fine example of how simplicity can work very well and be very beautiful. Um, it's just such a prototypical kind of upbeat, fun rock song, and it just works. It's just uh, it's it's when when it's it's almost like when you go and buy something from a fine craftsman, you know, and it's like. <laughs> You can tell they've been doing this for a long time and they really know what they're doing. Uh, It just, it feels comfortable immediately.
1: And, And I think that you point out something that's really important, Aaron, and it's hard to portray this as a positive, but it really is a positive in that when I say that it's a basic alternative song, it really is very basic. I mean, there's a lot of key changes I mean, not key changes, but uh, chord changes. It's all over the place. It's not just a basic one, four, five. Um, But at the same time, it just has this very, um, it has a simple sound to it. And I think if you played it for anyone and you asked them what part of the store would it go in, there would be no doubt like this is alt rock. At the same time, it's well done. And I think that is it, emblematic of BNL and how complex that they can be. And no, but do I think that it reaches out there, puts them on the big stage, and really draws in that audience, especially the American audience that they're trying to, to pull in at that point, and really get them to listen to the rest of the music? I think that's exactly what this song does. It's the second song on the album as well as their second release off this album. And I think that's exact. like, in terms of what is this song supposed to do, I think it does exactly what this song is supposed to do.
2: Yeah, most definitely.
3: I mean, yeah, it was a number one in Canada. I'm surprised. It, well, it got to number nine on the top 40 here, but it only got to 44 on the world board 100. But um, it's, you hear it a lot. I've heard it quite a bit here and there and things too. I can't remember any of them right now, but like you'll hear it occasionally in the background of other things. Definitely.
2: So Jeff, I think you were away for a moment, but I compared the song to that thing you do from the film, that thing you do. Uh, it's got that kind of immediately post Beatles pop rock kind of feel to it. And that song it's just kind of you can't you can't not like it, you know. And I feel the same way about yeah. this song. I can see that that was
5: uh, that was uh, Adam Schlesinger and uh, That's Chris right. Collingsworth from Fountains yeah. of Wayne, and and yeah, I can definitely feel that kind of uh, uh, Fountains of Wayne feel here as well too. I, I agree with that.
3: Yeah, it definitely is one of those kind of infectious little songs, like.
1: Well, let's talk about the lyrics because I can see that we're we've dried up the well of talking about the music with this. We all love it, obviously, uh, but let's talk about the lyrics of this song and, and what this song's about. Like it, so there's a ton of of really great, <laughs> wonderful, and very um, interesting, I'll say, ideas about what this song is about. Um, varying from happy vampires that romance over history to reincarnation. So, is this song really about Hawkman and Girl? Really want to know that. <laughs> um, is it about a relationship that fails but it's sung throughout the analog of history? So, like, um, or is it like just about rock music and how all rock music's been done? Um, what do you guys think?
3: I've always thought that it's about like two soulmates, like reincarnation, like finding each other in every, in every life. Like the, you said goodbye, I said goodnight. Like, but like, they're never quite, they never quite like meet, like the, you know, then it's, you know, you go your way, I go mine, but I'll see you next time. And then, um, you know, then kind of the third verses once again encountering that same person but not where they're supposed to be or not where you're supposed to or not where you are rather so it's like is this am i am i am i happy that i'm seeing this person for the you know fourth time in my reincarnation cycle or am i sad that i'm watching them on the prices right and yet again miss them
1: And I have a ton of thoughts, so I'm going to let everyone else go first.
5: I love the theory that this is about reincarnation or about something supernatural like vampires. Um, I personally never took it that way. I, I kind of always thought it was allegorical, which I could see Stephen in you know definitely doing that lyrically, making the ideas allegorical. Um, for me, I always I thought it was about a relationship that you know starts off pretty strong, but then. Like a lot of relationships do as they go on, maybe there's uh the, they, they reach that stagnancy or that ennui, um, you know, and they become kind of fizzled out. You know, before the fall of Rome could be something significant in their life. I mean, this was done during like the Persian Gulf War, for example. Um, so maybe like the fall of that or something, but some some major event that's going on. And um, so, like the first verse being that first date I met you before the fall of Rome. But I begged you to let me take you home. You were wrong. I was right. You said, you know. I kind of I see the progression of a relationship happening here. Um, um, and then she says, I heard you say the past was much more fun. Like, things were so much better, you know, a year ago or two years ago. Things were fun back then. They've gotten kind of boring now. Um, <clears throat> it's all been done before. Uh, I do ascribe to the belief that uh, I, if I put my fingers here and if you say I love you, dear, is an entendre. Feel like uh, you were gonna say that, uh, yeah. Tracy was gonna say that. I do feel like that was an entendre. He does reference the guitar chords, but I feel like it is a an a, a, a innuendo. Towards, oh,
4: never!
5: I definitely—it's a Steven song. The hell you, you saying it. So, like, you know, even even the sex has gotten even the sex has gotten boring between us, and uh, um, and actually, in the one of the things I love about this song is uh, will you just yawn and say for the longest time i thought that that line ended on will you just yawn and say ah when actually there's that spoken i hate this in there <clears throat> and i love that idea if it is that <laughs> that she's like i just hate this this is done and have um, sort of this i'm done with it i'm done with this i hate this because i think and i think it's probably ed that says that right i think ed does the i hate this
1: no it's it's uh it's natasha Oh, that's the talk. So okay. The so that's,
5: that's the French part. See, I've always heard is that I hate this too, but okay. I see that. But, um, but then, uh, you know, alone and bored in a 30th century night. I mean, that does really kind of sell the, um, that really kind of sells the whole reincarnation thing. I, I still feel that's allegorical, but I, I absolutely love the line. My favorite line in this song and one of my favorite BNL lines is uh will I cry, will I smile as you run down the aisle? You know, when I see you with somebody else, when I see you getting married, um, how am I gonna how am I gonna feel about this? Because did I let it go? Could I have done something differently? But that's I've always felt that way about this song. It's just uh what can you do in a relationship to keep the spark? What can you do in a relationship to keep things fresh? Um could I have done something different or will I just accept the way things are? But um so that that's 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 how I feel about this song.
1: Aaron, what about?
2: So yeah, uh, the lyrics on the surface are simple and straightforward. Uh, it's the song of a couple who's having trouble with feeling like maybe they're stuck in a rut or getting bored, yet they stay together or they keep coming back together. Uh, it's also most likely an allegory for the band's relationship to rock music, where. They may be feeling like all rock songs are kind of the same deep down. We've had that talk about the uh, the Axis of Awesome and the, every single every single rock song uses these chords and the 1-5-4, 1-4-5, 4-5-1 progression. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's done so well and it's so enthusiastic and genuine and fun. You have to love it. Um, I kind of underwent the same journey as the couple in the song, right? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, when I first heard it, I started off thinking, you know, I've, I've heard this before, this is familiar territory, both literally and metaphorically, because I had heard the song before, but uh, by the end I was nodding my head to the beat in spite of myself, and uh, you know, it, this makes it kind of programmatic on a philosophical level, which appeals to me greatly. Um, while Googling the lyrics, I came across a fan theory that, it, uh, you guys have discussed this, uh, that maybe uh, it was about a couple who are being reincarnated or possibly immortal like vampires. This would explain the various time frames discussed in the song, but I also think maybe that's taking things a little too literally. I think this is the musical interpretation of uh, the Spaceballs combing the desert, if you ask me. <laughs> but it's fun to think about, definitely. That would have made a great music video.
3: <laughs> so, Better
2: than the fishbowl.
3: Right? So the And I know Tracy hasn't gone yet, so actually, I'll wait. You go ahead, Tracy.
5: We're gonna steal all his thunder tonight, Ali. That's what we're doing.
1: No, I was gonna, I was saying go ahead because I want to get to the point where where you guys come to me and i will be like I, c- I have nothing to add. It's all been done. <laughs> Sorry, I, I set that up for a one golf play. clap. <laughs> go ahead, Ali. Hey, he's he's already
5: planning his pun for the next song right now. <laughs> oh, it's written out. Okay.
3: Yeah. Um. Hold on, I have to remember what I was going to say.
1: My pun just blew that out of your mind. Really,
3: that pun was so amazing that I just... It was so good. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember. I'm sorry. Someone else go.
5: Well, I did actually stumble on something. um, And hopefully I don't steal a Tracy Thunder moment here. But I did stumble on something when I was looking up some stuff on this song. And I love this little fact, but it it might have nothing related, but uh, Ecclesiastes chapter one, verse nine, is actually uh, the thing that hath been, it is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. And I'm like, that has to have inspired this song because it does kind of hit the soul of it and reference the actual lyrics of the song. And I love that. The idea that, you know, this is just the same old thing over and over and over, you know, going off on all our interpretations, the reincarnation, it being about modern music or being about a relationship that's gone stale, you know, it kind of it kind of sits with that pretty well. And I love that.
3: Yeah. I mean, I the whole concept of just everything's been done before, like basically in this case, like, you were wrong, I was right, you said goodbye, I said goodnight, Um, or, you know, you go your way, I'll go mine, but I'll see you next time, like, it's that, like, inevitability, like, you know, everything kind of is planned out, everything's been done before, it's like how they say there's no new, like, there's only, like, four base stories in literature, and all stories are just, like, variations on those, you know, templates to me, it just, I mean, it's such a popular idea in pop culture. I don't even know if really the inspiration has to be that deep. I don't know if that's in, I'm not up in my Bible trivia enough to know if that's in the Old Testament or not. But yeah, so I don't even necessarily think it has to be like, I mean, it's probably just inspiration from, what I'm trying to say is, I wouldn't be surprised if it came from just all the references in pop culture and like, everyday life the whole idea of like you know am i doing anything new it's all been done before that sort of thing um just because it seems like it's this guy and girl that would assume and it's just kind of you know she's like bye or she's you know doesn't pay attention to him um but he's like no i know like you're the one for me i'll I'll see you next time around and and
1: to answer your question ecclesiastes is one of the early one of the early books of the Bible it's in the Hebrew Bible so Steve being both Jewish and and Christian would definitely know Ecclesiastes
3: okay
1: I, I really love that line you said goodbye I said goodnight I, I think once again we come to that and uh, we talked about it before with the music with the um, that thing you do which is very a Beatles-esque type story everything yeah. is kind of in movie based on Beatles type music especially early Beatles um, and who can forget that the one of the most famous early Beatles songs is Hello Goodbye it's playing right. a dynamic yeah. of like we're complete opposites and can't even agree on whether or not our relationship will work and like throughout the relationship we have one person that is more into this than the other now, one of the things that occurred to me on, like, the 20th listen to this this week um, is that um, we have these three different periods of history. And I don't think that, that Stephen randomly just like, okay, uh, this one, this one, and this one. Um, I think that he's very specific when he chooses stuff. And so we have before the fall of Rome. Well, literally, before the fall of Rome, before things went sour – Is the romantic period of history, by definition, the romantic period of history. Um, It's the part where the (laughs) Empire was doing well, things were in their golden years. So, and that's the part of this story where the story starts. Like the relationship is in its golden years. And even then, you have this disagreement of like, goodbye, good night. Versus like uh, this woman's not totally into it or this partner's not totally into this relationship. However, the, the singer, the narrator is definitely into this and like, well, you'll be back for me. And the narrator is correct. Because then we come to the next portion of the story, which is the wild West, which we think of it as wild. He mentions it as wild, but it's, it's only wild in the way that it looks and it doesn't work well and it's not fun and as the lady says the past was a lot more fun this might be wild but it's boring and it's not interesting which is what people thought that really lived in the wild less like this is not a fun period of history to live in it's not boring but it's definitely not a, a fun period to be in then we have the future, but they're not together anymore. They've split up, and as you mentioned, Jeff, in terms of the relationship, the allegory, they've now like she's with someone else. She's now running down the aisle with someone else, and he's not sure how he feels about that. And I and I think that that once again, like that future of I don't know how things are going to turn out, and I don't know how I what what I'm going to think about this 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 confusion and. Um, this complexity is there. And I think that Stephen was very specific when he kind of chose those. I also like the pun that the, that the price is right is going to be around over a thousand, over a, hundred, a thousand years from now. I think that is hilarious. Um, I think that this, and I also love the analogies to sex that are in the bridge you can't overlook them. It's Stephen writing his best, and like he doesn't come right out and say it, but you know that's where he's going with this, especially the fingering lines. Come on. He can easily say, no, 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 I meant music. He does not mean music there. There's no doubt about it.
2: Anyone who's ever been in uh, like a, a middle school music class when the teacher starts to talk to the woodwinds about their fingering knows. That is something you cannot not laugh at.
1: Exactly. I have to say that this song, more than most, is really great about one of the things that I like about B&L the most, which they get it right in that he's being allegorical enough but being specific enough that he's telling the story, but as we've discussed tonight, and as people have discussed for the last 20 years of this song, there's so many different ways that this song can be read into in good ways that we don't know what the true definitive down deep answer is, but it connects to something that we all feel and it's specific enough that we're not like, I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. It makes us care about what he's singing about, feel connected to it, and, I, and the choice of music, which is this basic alt-rock song, connects with that as well. I would say that this is a, almost nearly perfectly that alt-rock song of the 90s, in that it is reaching out, making people feel connected to this song, in so many ways
3: you know the other thing about the running down the aisle it's also a metaphor for marriage
2: yeah that's why that is possibly my favorite lyric in the song is it's such a great little play, uh, play on words yeah
0: yeah
5: yeah, it could almost be twisted in the fact that she's actually happy now. She's running down the aisle because she's in a relationship that she's happy. She wasn't happy with me. Maybe. So how am I gonna? How maybe am I? Gonna she'll be happy
2: with Bob Barker.
5: <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. I like the whole idea too with the Price Is Right because that is something that's kind of always there and feels like it always will be. You know? <laughs> it's, we 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 all. I think most of us have that memory of being home from school and with our dad or our mom and. We're watching Plinko. Due to you know,
2: hyperinflation, <laughs> the low bid will, instead of being $1, now be $1 million.
1: <laughs> if you had a million dollars. if you had yeah, Spit it, on yeah. this
2: Kraft uh, macaroni and cheese with uh, Dijon ketchup.
1: <laughs> I want to see that episode from the year 3000 where the Kraft macaroni and cheese cost a million dollars. That has to happen.
5: I have a weird feeling that Drew Carey will probably still be hosting.
1: <laughs> the head. Just the head. we have referenced i think every tv show under the sun tonight yeah we just
2: got the futurama (laughs) reference in with richard nixon right
1: Mm -hmm. so while we're at it why don't we start deciding some numbers for this song well you give us oh go ahead go ahead you have more to add Allie.
3: are we talking going to talk about david Duchovny? I was
1: going to throw that into the appearances, but go right ahead. Okay. Let's
5: talk Mulder.
3: The, the The video of him performing with them on the egg shaker. You know, that's, I can't decide what is weirder, that or the actual music video. <laughs> I, will, I, I will take that version, actually.
1: It, i was just gonna say the exact same thing I would rather have that be the music video
3: it's entertaining yeah, yeah. it's I mean I, I again I watched it um before I watched the video tonight and I never realized there's like a part he gets really into it he actually like it looks like like he almost pushes Steve and then <laughs> like he like runs up to ed and I'm like he, he annoying them to no end. Like, Oh, you're pure. I'm coming in with my egg shaker. and just gonna all get up in your business. Like I was just like, it was a little cringy to watch.
1: He set that up weeks ahead of time with the band, though. The band was like, yes, we totally want you to come up on stage with us. Like, we know that you're going to be on that that episode. We want you please come on and do this with us.
3: Fantastic. <laughs> um,
1: I would love to know if
5: he's actually singing the hoo hoo's too, though, because he's he's hitting that mic, and I I, I want to
1: know if that's actually you know David hitting those notes. He is from what I is he? from what I have read. He was actually doing the real singing with them, playing the real egg shaker. It was all live. It was all real. He's a triple threat. He really loves that <laughs> that egg
3: shaker. He is like <laughs> yeah. he it was, was yeah. so into it.
2: It was great. It's so like wholesome to see him just get into it so much. Yeah,
3: just wholesome pop music with that egg shaker,
1: and he is just <laughs> dancing. He is like, I'm gonna let my freak flag fly.
3: I mean, I guess if I got the opportunity to be on stage with that lineup of BNL and that song, and I could play the egg shaker, I probably would be pretty happy too. So I guess I can't fault him for that.
1: That makes sense.
3: Yeah. I feel like we all endanger. Yeah,
1: (laughs) this is when he was a big name. Like to have B and L on the same stage with David Duchovny—that was a huge thing. Yeah, the the X Files
5: are huge at that point, so that makes sense.
3: Oh, I loved the X Files as a kid. Like that was, and they
1: had just referenced him in the previous song. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, good call. I'm sure that's why David was like, "Please, I'm on the show with you. Can I please come up there?"
3: Come play, the egg <laughs> play the
1: egg shaker. I'm,
5: I'm way gonna, cooler uh, than the smoking man. The
3: next live at home show, no will hear me on Zoom, but I'm just gonna have my little egg shaker, just so I can. <laughs> really hard
1: no, we will. We will have that in the appearances because that I I have gone back to watch that more times this week than I did the video. I'll be honest. Yeah, there, there's that young because you can actually hear the song. Yeah. <laughs> and there, like Aaron said there's something joyful about watching David Duchovny having so much fun here's this Hollywood celebrity and he is just enthralled with being on stage with BNL at that moment highlight of his life
5: yeah I'm, I, I am an, and always have been a huge X-Files fan and so I mean the combination of watching one of my favorite bands with you know Mulder performing it, it's great to watch and i, I absolutely loved it and yeah, you know, like like how said he's just he's having so much fun there just just shaking out that egg shaker yeah he gets a little little uh um you know forceful with his his moves and everything but you know um but there again if i was up there with BNL, i'd want to make the most of it
1: yeah i i can't <clears throat> all right so how I, I, I... jeff what are we giving yeah. you for a rating system tonight? I know what I would immediately be going with, but
5: <laughs> What would you go with?
1: I, I was gonna go with how many egg shakers? But <laughs> Plinko chips. Or
5: Plinko <laughs> I, love that. I was actually see mine I, I like those better because I was gonna do one that may have come off as a negative thing because I was gonna go with uh, go with fish bowls. But <laughs> But since we haven't liked the fishbowl,
3: you know, I give the video one and a half fishbowl.s <laughs>
5: All right, but no. Let's 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 go with egg shakers. I'm I'm going to go off alley on this. One. All right, we'll do egg shakers.
1: How many egg shakers do we give this song? In complete and utter joyfulness, and and who's going to go first, Jeff? Um,
5: Alley, let's have
1: Allie go first.
3: Okay, I give it. You know, I don't tend to give out a lot of fives, but I'm gonna give it a five because it's just, I love the song. It's a happy song. There's really nothing wrong with the song. It's just, it's an enduring classic that just, I feel like everybody that gets into B&L has something special about that song. Like whether it was like the first song, like I know over on the Discord, there's quite a few people who are like, oh, that was like the first song I really got into. Or like that song has like a special meaning to me, and I think everybody just kind of has that reaction. So I'm giving it five out of five of David's egg shakers.
5: Of <laughs> David's egg shakers, and
3: that sounds really bad. So you can edit that out. I'm giving it five out
1: of
2: five. <laughs> no, there's no way that's being edited. <laughs>
1: I'll edit it for you, Allie.
2: <laughs> well, I'm gonna say David's egg shakers. <laughs> <laughs>
3: like a band name now though like David's Egg Shakers Like the-
5: David's Egg Shakers yeah, yeah. it sounds
3: like, like a yeah. hip pop band or David and the Egg Shakers <laughs> David's, egg Shakers. Wow. David's egg-,
1: egg Shakers I like it
3: <laughs> welcome Los
1: Angeles we are David's Egg Shakers <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah and
1: for, no- <laughs> and for no other reason I want to go see that band now
5: great right. Just for the name alone. Yeah. All right. Uh, Aaron, how many David's egg shakers are
2: you ranking this? It's up? a tough one uh, because, you know, a lot of my favorite songs are the more dark and brooding ones or the, uh, you know, I mean, I'm a big fan of, like, the flag and uh, stuff like that. I mean, alcohol is certainly more a beat, uh, but it's also got kind of a dark streak to it. Um. I don't know. I, I can't quite give this a five, but I, it is so good. It's definitely in the fours. Um, I'm gonna have to give it a four point five. at <laughs> David's Egg Shakers out of five. It's really really good. There's not a lot of room for improvement here. Uh, for what it is, it's just fantastic, and uh, it's definitely one that would go on my playlist if we're making our. I think my, my four rated and up songs can go in, in at the end of this into a BNL. Uh, recommend playlist and this is definitely going to be in there
5: all right i'll go we'll save the save the host for last i guess um (laughs) nice (coughs) um yeah definitely uh going off what what ali and Aaron said this would this would easily be on my bnl playlist if i had to pick you know the songs that i wanted to have on the playlist if i was able to pick 10 this would be one of them um i don't know if i'd go quite a five for me but it's dang close because this is a near perfect song uh, musically what jim does with the bass on this what tyler does this is this is um this feels like a full band song everybody is contributing everybody sounds great um i agree sometimes i tend to steer towards the darker songs a little bit the ones that are a little bit edgier with the lyrics and and it, they do kind of get into this a little bit Stephen steven's lyrics do get into that a little um but this is an emotional song, and I love that too. I mean, to like I said, I, I interpret this as a relationship that's gone sour, and an experience that a lot of us have been through. Um, with that stagnancy of a relationship, and um, um, just it's very it's very relatable, and I and I love this musically lyrically. I'm gonna go with four point nine of David's eggshells. Wow,
3: eggshell.
5: Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Egg shakers. Egg shells. Egg shells? What am I saying? Well, how do
3: you, I mean, how do you give half an egg shaker? Because if you cut the egg shaker, everything that shakes inside falls out.
1: Right, so yeah. It's just a yeah. shell,
3: so. Yeah.
1: Just, <laughs>
3: <laughs> thank
5: you for making me sound good tonight,
3: You're <laughs> welcome. I just love I that. appreciate that. That was your plan all along, though.
5: Totally covered by mistake right there. <laughs> yes, 4.9 of David's egg shaker shells. <laughs> <laughs> Egg shaker shell
1: Take the outer shell off And there's still that, that little bit of skin in there So you wouldn't shake it Like it still stays intact How far are we going to go into this? I really like this song um, I I was going through this week I've already given 10 fives In the course of this show We we are now on song Almost 150 uh, Episode 150 We're on one song 136 And I've given 10 fives um so can i give this a five i i don't think
2: you can use that i mean you can use it to compare do you you know do you like it as much as other songs but i wouldn't just by the the um,
1: i i would definitely say this is in the force um this is definitely a song that i would introduce someone to bnl with um i'd be like oh you've never heard bnl before let me play a few things for you. And this is one of the ones that has to be in there. Um, there's other songs on this album that I would, that I would cut out. Um, we'll get to those. Uh, but <laughs> It would be between this and In the Drink, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of songs in between those two ratings, that's for sure. Um <laughs> Um, Inline line, in bowline would be... Uh, that's in between. Yeah, that's <laughs> in between. Um, so I like this song evenly with humor of the situation. I really... I, I like the darkness of humor in the situation and the lyrics of it more. I like the rock song of this. I listened to this 20 times this week, 15 times in a row, spacing it, having a few more in between. I didn't. it didn't get old ever. I loved it. My kids didn't go, dad, change the song for, please change the song. Like it, it's, it's really enjoyable. It really catches you. Um, I think that like in choosing this, had this gone on for a long period of time as that TV show for uh, baby blues, Had this been the intro, people would not have gotten sick of this week to week to week. For that reason, I've got to give this a four point seven. Like it's up there. It's it's really high up there. Four (laughs) point seven what? Egg shakers, David's egg Egg shaker
2: (laughs) shells. We're building. Looks like old Aaron, old reliables drinking the hater aid this week. But honestly, when your quote unquote hater score is four point five, I think that speaks volumes about <laughs> That's the quality not a hater of score, the, yeah, the song. Honestly.
1: Yeah. And we don't have Stefan's score in here. So Stefan, please, what what's your thoughts? Stefan, what are your thoughts on it's all
0: been done? Well, at first I thought this song sounds familiar. <laughs> And uh, I was kind of right. It is a quite a popular song, and I'm like, this can't be BNL. I'm like, this has got to be like Gin Blossoms or something like that. And uh, it wasn't. It was BNL, but it kind of has that kind of Gin Blossomy kind of. Um,
1: it, it, it felt familiar, like it's all been done.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's all been done. It's like one of those generic, blah blah blah, twang twang twang. You know, here we go. Here's a song. Um, But, you know, I like the sound of Stephen. Stephen is a good singer. I like his voice. And um, I I really like how, uh, you know, how he sings. I I like uh, his tone to his voice and he could sing um, a pretty lousy song, but he could make it sound good just from his voice, you know. And he could take um, lyrics that were kind of unsavory and really make them appealing by how he sings them. But um, you know, it's good. It's a good song, and uh, I'm just reading over the lyrics, and I, I haven't fully understood them. Um, but it sounds like you said goodbye. I said goodnight. It's kind of like a kind of like a breakup song. I think it's definitely a love kind of relationship song, um, like it's all been done. You know, like one relationship is like another. And I think he's looking for something new in his life, new in his relationships. And um, I, I think he's looking into like cosplay or, um, or wearing like animal suits or something of that, uh, of that nature. Um, but he, he does bring up, uh, you know, uh, the price is right. So maybe he wants to have a relationship with Bob Barker or Drew Carey or dress like one of them? Uh, I mean, it
1: was Bob his... Barker at the time. He, he, he was still Bob Barker when he
0: wrote the song. So, Oh, okay. So Bob Barker didn't change into Drew Carey. No. Because that's a weird change. Y- yeah, um, totally. That's a lot of surgery.
1: The amazing amount of surgery. If that had been the case, that would have been the best cosmic surgery ever.
0: I mean, Bob Barker, you can tell that he's had cosmetic surgery, but, I mean, that would be, be like, cosmetic to a whole nother level.
1: Obviously, I said cosmic surgery. You said cosmetic, which is the correct word. But, yeah, I, I think that really, in order to go from, from Bob Barker to Drew Carey, you really would have to have cosmic surgery at that point.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So... um but, I mean, it's, it's a good song, I guess. Uh, it, it was on the radio, right? It was on the radio, yes. It was on the radio. Yeah, it was so, single. It's single. Oh, how can it be a relationship song if it's single? <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me. But anyways, it's still a good song. Maybe it was in a relationship. Now it's single because it's all been done. And they're like, "Yeah, that's nothing new. It's all been done before. Blah. Relationships suck. Now, Stefan, how
5: would you feel if you? How would you feel if you found out that there's an interpretation of the song that is about vampires or reincarnation?
0: Ooh, that sounds fun.
1: So, so the interpretation huh. of the song where it's vampires yeah. or reincarnation They're vampires like, or
0: reincarnation. You. Yeah. So this is like a a teenage girl who like is bummed about her life and she wants to become a vampire that sparkles. Maybe right. Maybe. Yeah.
1: Okay. No, I, keep, I like this yeah. interpretation. No, it, it no might be. It. You know. Yeah.
0: It's it's, been, it's better than Twilight already. Well, nothing is nothing is like Twilight.
1: Now I'm gonna get the Twilight hate mail, but
0: I mean Twilight Sparkle is great. Twilight. Those who like Twilight, you can say, "Oh, he said something nice about it." Those who don't like Twilight, they can be like, "Yeah, he said something bad about that." So it's kind of. I mean, Twilight way. Sparkle totally. I'm, I,
1: but but Twilight, no.
0: Yeah. It redefines girls liking bling all together.
1: Stefan, how many egg shakers do you give this song?
0: Did I hear you correctly? You said egg shakers? My, my bad. Yes. Yes. I give this. I don't know why they said egg shakers. I, well, I, I think it's an average song. You know, it's got a good sound to it. I like how, um, I like Stephen. I like how he sings it. And um, it's is uh, as a relationship song so i'd say 3 3.5 well
1: well i can't put two numbers in bud, so it's going to be one or the other wow
0: 3.25 3.25 wow I, he, he's drinking
1: the haterade this week but that's okay is yeah, that bad that's, stephen ooh, has been well, that saying yeah. he loves songs that has weeks. i want him to be honest i well, want him I'm, to be I'm honest. thinking
0: like average is half of five is 2.5 that's so true. if it's above right. average then that's three that's still five above so that's about score. that's about two-thirds of whatever score is so yeah i mean i mean i just compared them to gin blossom it,
1: uh, so that brings the average to 4.47 okay all right
0: so i really brought it down then Not yeah well. you did yeah you
1: did <laughs> Really, people really liked it, huh? Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah, we be do. honest, like, yeah, I gave it a four point seven. Like, like, I liked it. Oh, I'm sorry, what, guys. What, what did I give it? Dude, don't apologize. You gave it a no. four point nine. Don't, don't apologize. Like, your opinion is your opinion, and no. there are people that agree with you.
5: A one point two, Stefan. What are you talking about? Wow, I was not <laughs> expecting
2: Stefan to write that, that. No, so that was completely out of. That's, yeah. yeah, that's crazy. Completely I think it's just trolling.
3: About he's, a, he's a nice fellow on the floor.
1: he is no longer allowed to give any scores we'll <laughs> listen to his humor and that's it Um, so I do want to put in a bunch of appearances I mean this is one of their biggest songs of all times as we've mentioned it is a essential that people keep coming back to that that introduced them to this band for a lot of Americans so I do want to give a lot of appearances all of them of course are very connected to this song specifically one of which is the David Duchovny playing the egg shaker on Leno um, also with them doing the whole touring circuit at this time they came back on Conan and he's like you know what my second week on the show I had these guys on I am so incredibly thrilled to have them coming back on again five years later Here's bare naked ladies, and you could tell that he's really enjoying having them there. Um, and so I have that appearance in there as well. And they really do—they rock out this song. Um, if you haven't got sick of the song at that point, there's also Steven playing it himself with a, a bunch of other bandmates, um, including Craig Northy, um, at after the Junos. And then there's once again, if you haven't gotten tired of it. Steven is then playing with the odds and playing with Kevin joining them, there's another one. And then finally BNL on the Good Morning America show, they play a number of different songs, they do an interview in the middle, but this is their finisher. So that is the other appearance for this week.
5: I should point out that Bear Naked ABCs recommends that you listen to all those before you listen to the video. Yes, please. <laughs> true that. <laughs>
1: The video.
3: Um, one one thing about that Conan performance is that's actually um, they show it in Burning in, Amer- in America, and they actually bring the one of the um, disc plaques from Rock Spectac to give to him backstage after.
1: Yes, thank you for pointing that out, Ali. Once again, pop culture anthropologist. <laughs> bringing the information to us about the important backstage information.
3: Hey, you know what? It's They made... So, side note. They made another... Well, they've made a lot of Conan appearances. But the week that Conan did his show in Toronto and um, Everything to Everyone came out, it's just so fantastic. I think they performed another postcard, but just Conan in general, if you haven't watched any of those. (laughs) I highly recommend them.
5: Yeah, I feel like that's kind of that good connectivity between the Canadians that, you know, I think yeah. he really appreciated having them on the show. And
3: Well, yeah, he's not Canadian. Conan isn't? No, he's from I'm... Massachusetts. What? To, from, like, Boston. He's from Brookline, which is next to Boston.
5: I thought for sure he was Canadian. I... wow. No,
3: but he does seem like a Canadian.
5: Yeah, I have eggshell on my face. But I thought the whole South Park movie, the whole thing was... Oh. Wow. I have eggshell on my face right now. Please cut that out, Tracy.
1: No. For that reference alone, I have to... I have to man. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Why don't we have
5: Allie on every episode, by the way?
1: <laughs> she That's would great. be an amazing addition. <laughs> Seriously. I she brings something interesting every single time. Right. <laughs>
3: uh, well, thanks guys. That she keeps helps.
5: us ground she keeps us grounded. We we go we we go off the rails though, a lot less when
1: Ali's here. <laughs> <laughs> well guess what guys? Next week we are finally down to the last i song. Can you believe it? We no, we,
5: we don't next,
1: we have finished the eyes. And we're gonna start talking to you know we started talking about the eyes by talking about all the things that i would do like i can sing and i don't like well we're gonna finish this whole course on a very egotistical focus next week but it's no big deal because you know i'm not really anything special either you know it's it's only me
3: i feel like that's a companion to the uh in the car episode right?
5: <laughs> now you can use your NHL 2002 reference and be
0: right.
1: Jeez, oh, oh. oh, I'm sorry.
5: I'm sorry. I had to do it. Sorry. Go deep. I have to keep that whole it
1: piece in there.
5: Now. Oh, oh! This one's gonna be nostalgic for me because it's only me is literally the song that got me into BNL. Really? Oh, I mean.
1: That's gonna be interesting to talk about that.
5: Wow, it, it was because it, yeah, I've, I think I've told the story before, but but my girlfriend at the time back in two thousand two was really into hockey, and we got, you know, the NHL two thousand two game, and it opens with that song, and um, I was like, man, this this song is amazing, and then we just happened to go down to our big local fair, um, and Maroon was sitting there, and I'm like, because I I had heard one week and things were kind of there, but. Uh, maroon was sitting there and i'm like i gotta check these guys out and i played maroon and i wore that sucker out so it it was yeah it's only me is the one that brought me to the dance
3: so that's interesting you listened to maroon before disc one
5: i actually did yeah um yeah i heard i heard it's only me on the nhl uh game and uh found a used copy of maroon and that's really the first full album I listened to. It's not, I mean, it's definitely up there, but it's, it hasn't, it's, it's been surpassed as my favorite episode, but, or my favorite album. But um, yeah, that was, Maroon was the one that brought me to the dance. And, and so Maroon is really nostalgic for me. And that was the one that really kind of, you know, pulled me in. Even before Gordon, you know.
1: We could really get into this, but as a as a, a past psychologist and and Freudian and uh, I'm not a Freudian but a person who studied Freud the fact that, that It's Only Me was the song that pulled you into Bare Naked Ladies says a lot about you Jeff. Why? <laughs> well we'll discuss that next week. Alright. Thank you. Much for
3: joining us. Thank you guys for having me. It was a blast as always.
2: Yep. We hope to have you on the show again.
3: Yes, absolutely. Thanks. That was fun. Don't
4: forget. No regrets. Except maybe one. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football